0: Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Well, as I'm recording these words for this podcast, we're now seven weeks into having to stay at home because of the COVID-19 virus. In fact, our governor here in New Hampshire has just issued what he's calling the Stay at Home Order 2.0, which means that while there will be some gradual reopening of some businesses in the coming weeks, for the rest of us, this quarantine continues at least through the end of May. And that's to say the very least, discouraging, but we will get through it. Truly, most especially in times like these, it's important to keep the faith. And the good news is that we're given both a promise and an advocate to help us do just that. That's the subject of today's message, which is entitled, Keeping the Faith, and is based on John, chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. Not only are these some of the most memorable words that Jesus ever spoke, for me at least, they are certainly among the most comforting. For me, these are words that matter, especially in times like these. Jesus' assurance of a peace that the world cannot give has a way of of putting everything we face in life, however debilitating, in a proper perspective. It's a reminder to us that even our deepest grief and sorrow pales in comparison to the all-enveloping peace of God made real to us in the person of Jesus Christ. To quote David Lose, it testifies to a sense of wholeness, even rightness of and in one's very being, even amid hardship, struggle, conflict, and disruption peace i leave with you my peace i give to you those are beautiful words don't you think heavenly words which makes it all the more interesting and pretty ironic actually that when jesus was speaking those words about peace all hell was just about to break loose indeed as we pick up on our text for this morning it's not yet Easter but in fact it is the night of betrayal and desertion it's Monday Thursday the evening during which Jesus would be handed over those who hated to those who hated him and led to his execution and in fact uh, the events of that fateful evening had already begun to unfold by this time Judas had already fled the scene in order to betray Jesus and Peter's impending denials had also been foretold. Moreover, when you read this story, you can't help but sense the, the palpable tension in the air. as though And though they couldn't yet begin to understand it, the disciples all felt it as well. And it's made all the more disturbing by the fact that Jesus is also making it quite clear to them that he would be leaving them soon, and in fact was about to die. So, when... Jesus finally says to them, My peace I give to you. When he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You've got to imagine that those words are spoken with a tone of profound sadness, really. I mean, after all, think about it. There is quite literally a world of trouble and hurt about to descend. And nothing and nobody, not even Jesus himself, can keep it from happening. But before the next day is out, and we know this, Jesus will have died on the cross. These same disciples who were sitting around the table with him, those disciples who had followed him, who had placed all their trust and hope in him over the past three years now, they'll be scattered, they'll be lost, they'll be alone. And yet somehow we know that they're going to have to carry on. They will need to keep the faith, even when everything else has seemed to fall apart. So though John never tells us exactly how Jesus says these words, you know that it is fraught with a a kind of emotion that comes when you're desperately trying to bring some kind of comfort to those you love so deeply, even as you're preparing them for the worst. You see, that's the thing. That's what Jesus knew about living in the world back then. And sadly, it still holds true today. For as wonderful and as incredibly beautiful as it so often can be and is, there is no denying that this world also brings a fair measure of trouble and sorrow to life and living. Be it the result of rampant violence and injustice, or for that matter, the spread of a global pandemic, The truth is that you and I live in a world that is marked by a definite lack of peace. And in fact, as Scott Hosey has written, what little peace this world has to offer is always provisional, always suspect, always precarious. So, I think you'll agree with me today when I say that to keep the faith in times such as these does require an assurance of peace. But yes, it's going to be a peace that will need to come from somewhere else. And that's why Jesus is very clear to the disciples and to us that he does not give as the world gives. He says, it's my peace I'm giving to you. And that, you see, is what makes all the difference. Understand, of course, <clears throat> that when Jesus speaks of peace, he is not referring wholly or even primarily to peace in the sense of the absence of any and all conflict, but rather the peace that envelops us in the midst of everything that the world has to dish out. To quote David Loos once again, this is a peace that allows us to lift our gaze up from the troubles that beset us, and to recognize that, come what may, we can place ourselves, our loved ones, our fortunes, and our future in God's hand. In the end, you see, it's it's not that all the bad things in this world are simply going to go away, for we know all too well that oftentimes the struggles we face are ongoing. But there is true faith to be found in the midst of such strife, and the kind of peace that Jesus has to offer is that which brings tranquility, strength, hope, courage, and purpose in and through it all. It is no accident, you know, that Jesus immediately follows this promise of his peace with that admonition to not let your hearts be troubled. Now, that's a phrase that can also be translated as take heart or have courage. And what that means is that the peace that Jesus gives is that which gives us strength to face all the troubles that the world has brought hurtling down at us. So that even as everything else seems to crumble all around us, you and I, we are equipped to keep the faith come what may. It's also no accident, by the way, that Jesus assures us of another helper. A helper that will be there for us along the difficult way of this world. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Jesus says. Now, the word advocate is also translated as counselor in some versions of scripture. Or in the original Greek paraclete, which means someone who is called to be alongside of another So do you see what's happening here? Jesus is giving us a truly Holy Spirit that will stand alongside us in our journey through this world, reminding us of all of Jesus' words and teachings as we go and whispering into our hearts of God's sure and certain promises lest we might otherwise forget in the strife and sorrow of all that we're facing. These are the promises that matter, my friends. It's a promise that love is stronger than hate. It's a promise that hope is absolutely more resilient than fear and despair. It is a promise that light can and will break through the darkness of this world. These are the promises that assure us that we need not be afraid. But we can take heart. We can have courage Not only for the living of these days, but quite often the facing of this very hour. It is the reminder we need that in amidst all the challenges of this world, we have this divine peace that the world can neither give nor take away. It's just that sometimes we need to be reminded. I'm reminded of a time back in high school, my senior year, when our senior class was putting on a production of The Miracle Worker, which, as you probably know, is the the wonderful play about Helen Keller and her teacher, Annie Sullivan. Now, on stage, at least, I really didn't have all that much to do. As I recall, I did some backstage voices, I got to do some sound effects, and I worked backstage mostly, but And here's the point of the story. I was assigned as an understory, understudy for one of the minor roles, which, to be honest with you, was a task I really didn't take all that seriously. Uh, That is, until opening night, when it became increasingly apparent that the young man who was playing the Keller family doctor was out of town, competing in a cross-country meet, and wasn't likely to make it back in time for the play. And immediately, I started to panic because, folks, I hadn't learned those lines. I didn't think I had to. But now, and it's only a few minutes before showtime, I'm all dressed up in clothes that don't really fit me all that well, but I'm supposed to be a doctor, and I am expected to go on stage. So I am desperately trying to memorize this handful of lines that I really should have already known. It's just a small part, friends. It's just a handful of lines. But in the stress of that moment, in the abject fear I was feeling of having to face a full auditorium of people, I can't even remember my name, much less what I'm supposed to say once that curtain rises. I was panicking. And in that panic, I went to our director, who was one of my English teachers, and, and I confessed to her that I hadn't memorized this part and and I wasn't in any way ready to do this and could I just please go home? Oh, well, okay, not maybe not that part, but, but remember, I was pretty scared by this time. And though I'm sure she was none too pleased, my teacher simply sighed and said, just do the best you can and remember, there's going to be a prompter just off stage who will help you with your lines if you don't remember. Now, the happy ending of this story is that quite literally, two minutes before curtain, the kid who was playing the part of the Keller doctor showed up, and I happily let him take his place on stage. As I recall, we switched clothing like that as the curtain was about to come up. And I still remember it, because what I remember most of all is the utter terror I felt in suddenly being in this place where I felt so helpless, so seemingly alone. And yet, in the midst of that terror, there was also relief in knowing I wasn't alone after all. For, in fact, there would be someone there alongside of me, a prompter, to remind me of all that I needed to know. In truth, friends, there have been any number of times in my life, actually, if I'm being honest, even a few over the past several weeks, when I have found myself overwhelmed and a little panicked by the sudden onslaught of of worldly trials, tribulations, and most especially its uncertainties. And I tell you this story today because unless I miss my guess, so have you. Maybe that's what you're feeling this morning. Maybe that's what brought you here to this service. Maybe the prospect of stay-at-home 2.0 is just more than you can really handle right now. Well, in times such as these, friends, how wonderful it is that in moments such as these, we've been given an advocate, this counselor, this prompter, Someone who teaches us again and again of God's grace, love, and peace. Someone who reminds us that we can take heart in the midst of this all. We can keep the faith and we don't ever, ever need to be afraid. For in Jesus Christ, in tandem with God the Father, you and I have a peace, a true peace that the world cannot ever give. can never take away. That's what we need to remember as these difficult days of quarantine continue. But just in case you need a reminder this morning, a prompter, so to speak, may I suggest that we have one today and it comes to us courtesy of Jesus himself in his presence in the bread and the cup beloved wherever and however you happen to be today please know that you are welcomed to this table to partake in a this feast of grace and love and that it might be for you and for us all a clear reminder of his presence and most especially of his peace that he gives to you and to me. Thanks be to God and amen. And that's the message entitled Keeping the Faith. And it was recorded on May the 3rd as part of our current series of online services of worship at East Congregational Church of Concord, New Hampshire. Well, as the current COVID-19 crisis continues, so do those online services. And we'd like to invite you to share it with us. We live stream our worship via Facebook Live every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock on our East Congregational United Church of Christ Facebook page. And it's posted on that page for later viewing as well. We're finding that these times of virtual gatherings really are the next best thing to being there. They've kept us together in the spirit of prayer and fellowship And right now, that means a whole lot. I hope that you can join us and be a part of that. And with that, we're at the end of this episode of Love to Tell the Story. This is Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening. And until next time, stay healthy, stay home, keep up that social distancing, and may God bless you with a great day every day. Talk to you soon.